I guess most of you probably know we are affiliated with uh, the United Evangelical Churches. Um, basically what that means is they're kind of a legal covering to us. And uh, uh, one of their directors, who's our art director here, uh, sent a letter to the church and Bob asked me to read that because it's just a, it's a neat letter and you'll enjoy what uh, Bob Ford has to say. He said, Dear UEC family, today my wife and I celebrate our 54th wedding anniversary. And I want to give thanks to the Lord for His goodness in our lives. Perhaps you will relate to some of what I'm about to share. We were just kids. I was 18 and she was barely 19. And we really didn't have a clue about what being married was all about. For one thing, I had no sisters growing up and had no idea what women required to be beautiful. I guess I thought they just came that way right out of the box. There was also that submission thing. I read somewhere that the definition of an optimist is a man who marries his secretary thinking that he is going to keep dictating to her. As motivational speaker Charles Tremendous Jones used to say, before we were married, she loved to have my way. After we got married, I found out that she had her own way and she liked it. So there... So there we were, a young evangelist, evangelistic team struggling to exist financially, preaching and singing anywhere, anywhere there was an open door. Our first service after getting married was in Phoenix, Arizona, and all of Esther's dresses were stolen from the back seat of our car while there was no insurance. We drove all night from there because we couldn't afford a hotel to Fairbury, uh, uh, Arizona, or no, Nevada, I'm sorry. Uh, my bride, I lost a line I was on there. I lost. <laughs> my bride crying most of the way to preach a three day revival. We've, we received $26 total offerings, and someone <laughs> bought her a $15 polyester suit that she wore all that summer. Talk about wash and wear. She did it daily. <laughs> Esther cried, but she never quit. We struggled a lot, but we didn't quit. Our first apartment cost $48 a month. It had a Murphy bed that came out of the wall, flowered wallpaper, striped carpet, and a bathroom down the hall, which we shared with our neighbor. His name was Bob also. So you can imagine Esther's embarrassment knocking on the bathroom door. Bob, is that you? Yes. Can I come in? Wrong Bob. She had... <laughs> She had one aluminum pie pan. She cooked every delicious meal in that one pan. Oh, yes, we did without, but we didn't ever quit. Why do I relate these memories to you? Because God has been very good to Esther and me over these 54 years. We're not rich, but we're blessed. We're, we not only survived, but we prospered. Many have been inspired by Winston Churchill's famous quote, Never, never, never give up. But Hebrews 6.15 adds hope to that. After he, Abraham, had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Galatians 6.9 says, In due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't quit, patiently endure, and you will obtain the promise, promised blessings God has in store for you. Looking on to Jesus, Bob Fort, chairman. So <laughs> that was a neat story. And 54 years, praise God. <laughs> Uh, I told somebody that my wife's uncle used to say that the way he got his sermons was to hold his Bible out the window and, tell the, uh, and uh, preach on whatever page it landed on. 
And uh, I guess that's what I'm doing today because I wasn't expected to do this. <laughs> we were going to have a missionary today, but I'd like you to go to the Galatians chapter 4 with me. Um, I'm sorry. See, I can't even talk. Philippians chapter 3. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think there's too many things going through my mind. Let me try that one more time. Go to Philippians and chapter 4. Not kidding, that's where it is this time. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4. <laughs> God bless us. <laughs> so, uh, Amanda, you know, she has a... And I, and I say this because she has a vital work. And anybody who wants to support her, I encourage you to do so. She works, uh, she was in South Sudan. She was uh, basically ran out of there because of the war that was going on there. And now she's in Uganda. She does a lot of work for uh, orphanage type work, taking care of children, taking care of refugees in the area and has a, a great ministry there. So anything that you can do to support her, she is from this area. Uh, I think she connected with Lee and Mary Lou initially, and she got saved and later on, later on became a missionary. So anything that can be done to support her, I encourage you to do so. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to, unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things. Lord, I just ask that you will open my mouth with the words of God to say something to your people today. Bless us during this time. But more than blessing us, Lord, guide us and direct us and lead us. Give us something that is going to speak to us. And I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's something powerful in realizing how we deal with our lives whether we let what we're dealing with, whatever it may be, whether we let that get us down or pick us up, whether we endure it, whether we cry through it, fuss through it, complain through it, or whether we handle it uh, in a way that's going to make our situation better. Let me say it this way. Every single one of us has dealt with problems in our lives. We do that. Everything, and, and I'll guarantee you, we come back seven days from today, you're going to go through problems this week. They're going to be there. You might as well bank on them. They're going to be problems. There's going to be trials. There's going to be situations in your life. God gives us a, a pattern or a recipe here to make that time a little bit better. Because none of us like to go through those troubles. But God says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Just lift up and praise the Lord. So how do I praise God in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a problem? How do I do that? Because you realize that it's just a part of life, but our God has never changed. 
He's the same God today. He's the same God in the midst of a trial. He's the same God in the midst of the battle. But Almighty God, you're going to get us through this. I often think about Paul and Silas as they're in that horrible prison situation. And I've told you several times about how that prison is. It's not like our prison. You send somebody to prison today and they have a weight room and they have a library. And, you know, they have a, a, a big kitchen and they have all the, the things. They, they come out of there with a full education and all that. That's not how prison was back in the day. They said those prisons were about three feet tall. You could never actually stand up in them. When the people died in there, they didn't take the bodies out. They just left them in there. They had no bathroom. They had a channel across the back wall. The stench was so bad that they say that the unaccustomed, when they opened the door of the prison, they would immediately begin to throw up because it was so terrible. And they threw Paul and Silas into that prison. Can you imagine being in that What'd they do? Sit down and cry and complain and bellyache and moan and groan all night? No. Right, right about midnight, they just start praising the Lord and singing praise and, and worship to the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice because your rejoicing isn't dictated on whether you're having a good day or a bad day. At least it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be you just rejoice in the Lord when you're having a good time. Why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. The same God that took you to the valley will take you to the mountaintop. And that same God that took you to the mountaintop will ride it right with you right back down into the valley again. He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. So rejoice in the Lord always. And then he said, let your moderation be known to all people. Extremes cause a whole lot of problems in our life. <laughs> extreme behavior, extreme actions. God says, let people realize that you are a stable person. And I think that writing that along with the other thing, it is a blessing to other people when they see your moderation. That you can handle a situation. You're not doing this and that. And this and that. Drives me crazy dealing with Christians like that. They're up and down. And up and down. And something's good and they're, they're giving a testimony in church. Praise God, everything went great this week. And the next week they're like, oh God help me, I can't hardly handle it. Your moderation, that fact that you're the same person every day. You worship God whether things are good or bad. I ran into one at the grocery store the other day that, I'll be honest, I'm human enough to say she drives me crazy. Because it's like, oh, woe is me. Life is horrible. I just barely, I just, I can't get away. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's great. I, I was in a hurry. And I, was, I, I get it. I'll be praying for you, sister. I'll be praying for you. And okay. And then I finally got away from her. She was waiting by the front door when I left. <laughs> Jim! I was like, oh, Lord, not again. And I had to hear of all the miseries in the world once again. Does that bring anybody close to the Lord when we do that? Does it, let any, does it reflect positively on God in any way when we're constantly crying and moaning and complaining? But you know what does strengthen people is when you're going through the trial, when you're going through the battle, when you're down in the valley and struggling and other people look at you and say, they're still praising the Lord. They're still rejoicing in the Lord. They're still glorifying God. That moderation is a benefit to other people because they realize that you stand strong no, no matter what kind of a day you're going through. And, and they, they see you rejoice. He says, 
Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Did you know that God wants to answer your prayer? God wants to answer prayer. He is a prayer answering God. We hear it every week when we get together and we hear uh, answer prayer as we pray again. And then the next week we hear again how God answered prayer. He has done it and he will do it. He will continue to do it. And it's telling us here, don't be afraid to take your request to the Lord and go in faith. Stand in faith on them. Pray with faith. Believe that God can remove the mountain. Believe that God, just have that faith of a grain of mustard seed. I can handle it. Be careful. Don't, don't be worried. Don't be fretful. Now, as a parent, and I often relate to our, our situation, our relationship with God to parenting, because I think it's so, <laughs> so applicable. If you are, well, let me just say Jordan, rarely worries about asking for anything. She will ask for everything under the sun. She doesn't worry about, Daddy, can I have this? Daddy, can I do that? Can I do? No, you can't do that. No, you can't ride a motorcycle. No, you, whatever. And, and I still remember back in the day when I was a kid, anybody relate to this when the, the Saturday morning cartoons were on? No matter what was going on, we were sitting there watching them Looney Tunes and they had all those commercials going on. And every single the commercial that came on, I was like, Dad, can I have that? Dad, can I want that, Dad? I want that. I want that. We, we weren't afraid to ask. God is telling us, don't be afraid to ask of our God what you need in your life or even what you want in your life. I don't think God is bothered by giving us our wants sometimes. But sometimes our wants are like a six-year-old wanting a motorcycle. That's not going to work out and God's going to say, no, I'm not going to give you that because you're going to kill yourself. And we're the same way as children. You know, we, we want things that aren't going to be beneficial to us. And God says, no, kid, you're not getting that. But I'll get you a little tricycle until you can handle a motorcycle. How's that? Let your prayers go to our God and let your requests be known unto Him. And He said, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that kind of goes back to what I said earlier. How do we deal with these situations in our life when we're facing the valley and we're facing that battle? Because there's more than us just saying, I am determined to be positive today. There was a movement that went around in the 80s, especially in the 90s, called the Positive Mental Attitude Movement. As long as you had a positive mental attitude, they tell you, go around with PMA, Positive Mental Attitude. My philosophy was, if you jump out of a plane, you can have positive mental attitude all the way down and you're still going to hit the ground. <laughs> It takes more than positive mental attitude to make your world go right. You're not going to change your world by looking positively at everything. You'll change the way you react to your world by looking at things in a positive manner. And how do we do that? We do that because God brings a peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense. And that goes back to the world looking at you and saying, how in the world... Having dealt with what that person just dealt with, are they worshiping and happy and praising the Lord today? We do it because God gives us something that we cannot muster or create ourselves. The Holy Spirit brings about this ability to be joyful and peaceful in a very, very difficult time. It happens. 
It happens. We have people here that have lost loved ones and they just worship and praise. Did they cry? You better believe they cried. Were they heartbroken? You better believe they were heartbroken. But were they defeated? They weren't defeated because God gave them a peace that passes all understanding. Is this all right, preacher, for just off the cuff? <laughs> all right, I, I hope I pass the test. <laughs> God brings that, that it doesn't make sense to the world. You should be crushed right now. You should be down and out right now, but you're not. Why aren't you? Because God gives you something that you cannot get in a box, get in a store. You can't order it off the internet. It comes from the Spirit of Almighty God alone. That's the only way you can get it. And He will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The Bible says that our heart is, is despicable. It's vile, it's evil, it's wicked. That's how our heart is until Jesus Christ saves us. And he, what does it say? He says he takes out that heart of stone and he puts a, a heart of flesh in there. And where does your battle rage? Is it in your children? Is it in your spouse? Is it, is it in your job? Or where is it? It's right here. That's where your battle fights. If you hate your job, it's because you hate it in here, right? If you don't get along with your spouse, it's because right in here. If, if, you, if you're down and out all the time at life, it's because it's right in here. This is where our battle fights. It's constant. And that's why the world is trying to manipulate everything we think today. Because they know how powerful the thoughts are in our life. And God says here, not only is he going to give you a peace that, that passes all understanding, he is going to keep your mind. He's going to keep that mind in you. The Bible tells us to meditate on these things. Well, let's, let's look where it says here. Finally, brethren, this is what you do. Whatsoever things are true. Good luck with that nowadays. Anybody got an idea where you find that? Right here. Outside of that, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know whether you turn into to Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, Newsmax, OANN. I don't know where you find truth. But I do know one place that we do find it each and every time, and that is in the Word of the Living God. The rest of it, I just kind of like, I don't know who's telling the truth anymore. So he says, think about these things. What is there, whatever is true, whatever things are honest, be a person of integrity and think on the things that are honest. Have that character within us, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. How do you make your life happier? You don't think about, you don't meditate, keep your mind on things that you shouldn't. I remember when we were first married, uh, Deb was at home and I, I got off early one day, I'm not even sure why, and I came home and I laid on the couch for a while and I'm watching what she was watching and she was watching soap operas and I was like you do this on purpose? You, you watch this stuff on purpose? What? And it was all about who was having an affair with who and it, it, all day long I was like and I sat her down later and I said sweetie you can't watch that stuff anymore. That, that stuff if we're going to have a strong happy marriage you can't sit and watch that stuff all day she was mad at me she was mad at the hornet taking her soap operas away from her that was not a safe thing to do she was not happy but a couple weeks later she came to me and she says i appreciate so much you doing that because i never realized the hold that they had on me see that negative that 
evil can grab a hold of you and will pull you in and it will become a, an addiction to you. That's what evil does, is it creates an addiction. It pulls you in and holds you. But God says, get away from that. Turn off the evil. Turn off the down. Turn off the, 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 the vile. Turn on the things that are true and honest and, and just and a good report. And, and think on these things. Fill your mind in the right way, and it's amazing how much better your day will be. It's amazing how much happier your day will be if you just turn your thoughts into the right direction. So, what is this whole passage trying to tell us? That there is a way that you change the day you're going to have. It's not by changing the things that are going to happen that day, because if you're going to head to Colville and you're going to get a blowout up on the middle of Tiger, Bo Tiger uh, Highway up there, no matter how you prepare yourself mentally, you're going to have that blowout. That's not going to change, right? I mean, if that's, if that's what's going to happen, it's going to happen. But how you come out of that blowout, whether you have an ulcer out of it, whether you're crying about it, whether you're angry about it, whether you're bitter about it, whatever it is, or whether you sit there and just praise the Lord and say, God, here's a blowout, let's deal with it. All of that depends upon you and how you decide to deal with that trial in your life. And so the trial's still going to be there. Your reaction to that trial is what really genuinely changes. God tells us here how to deal with that. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be moderate in your reactions. Be careful for nothing and don't be afraid to pray for, to God about it and just take it to God and then allow God to do that that work where he brings that peace into our lives and he keeps our minds and our hearts and, and then keep your mind on the things that are true and on the things that are honest and the things that are just and the things that are pure and the things that are lovely and the things that are of good report and then think on those things. Will you stand with me please? Hallelujah. Father, I pray right now for these people. They're precious people. I tell you that all the time, and I, I just ask God that you'll bless them this week. Yeah, they're going to have trials this week. They're going to happen. You can rest on it. You can bank on it. They're going to happen. You already know what they are, Lord. And I just pray, God, that as they do face these trials, that they will face them as you told us to do in the book of Philippians right here, that we look at them in a, in a totally different way than sometimes we're used to. Help them, God to keep their, their mouth full of rejoicing and their mind full of the good things. Help them, Lord, to focus on the blessing in the midst of the trial rather than the trial itself. And Lord, I just ask God that you will give them a special peace that passes all understanding that the world can look at them and say, there's something different in them and I want some of that. And they learn to, to who God is through the way that we live our lives. Help us, Lord, to do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.